Hey everyone, and welcome to the JK Journeys weekly professional talk and podcast. The podcast and community aimed at giving you the information you need to be the best, happiest, and most practically ready athlete or individual that you can be. This week on the podcast, we briefly jump into all things community as usual, but for the main session, we've got Rosie Mead on call, our rehab specialist and lifestyle coach, to discuss how we can address the balance as athletes, and particularly age group or non-professional athletes, as well as answer any questions you might have. So... Let's get into it. So today on the podcast, we've got Rosie giving us uh, a talk about how we can address the balance as triathlete and a bit about the things that we can be doing to be fitter, faster and stronger. But again, making sure that we make time for our friends, family, work and everything else fun. Um, but first of all, let's get into a quick community update. So, uh, James, has anything been going on? Uh, well, in line with Rosie's theme of the week, and we've been trying to take a bit of a bit of a rest week, slow down with workouts, um, and take a bit of a rest. So people have been sending people have been um, sending in social run pictures with their friends, um, and trying to enjoy the workouts and just see the see the benefits for what they are week to week. Um, so we've had a few entries, like you say, but later on in the week we shall update you with who's the winner exactly that and again uh we, we've, we've actually been really impressed with the entries again and uh, we're happy to say that we've actually got some swimming caps running bottles and other goodies on the way to start disseminating out as prizes and other bits for starting to get involved with the weekly challenges and having fun with everything the jk journey so remember to get those entries in um and even better if you want to share it and share the love on social media um I'll also do a little Truro Triathlon Club update. So we're really happy over in, in our first in-person club again. Um, for those who've been following closely, again, it's been going really well. And it's just a shout out now to all those incredible athletes and our coaches who've been working with us and embracing the club to get it off the ground. Um, but on to Rosie's talk today. So as mentioned, Rosie is our in-house rehabilitation specialist uh, with a PhD that's coming to a close at the moment in music sociology. Um, she's now spending time working as a lifestyle performance coach, and we're really excited for the various talks and sort of uh, amalgamation that we've got coming with, with both ourselves and Rosie and her business, uh, The Aligned Athlete. Um, so let's say hello to Rosie and, and how are you? Hi, Jake. Yeah, I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Been really looking forward to it. Yeah, and uh, and again, it's it's really lovely to have you here as as one of the professionals. Um, and so, I'm interested in what uh, what what you mean by today's talk, addressing the balance. Um, and I want to get a really quick first take on what do you sort of mean by addressing the balance. Yeah, so it's funny that I chose the title, addressing the balance, because actually, in my mind, balance is just so impossible to achieve. I think often we try and strive for a balance, you know, work life sport balance and that kind of that word come you know you think about giving equal amounts of energy and time to all of those things but actually in reality we know that that's that's really impossible um so I much prefer I think I kind of wanted to address the balance in that that's really difficult um and think more about the term tilting so um I don't know whether you ever played the Wii game um like Wii Fit where you're on kind of a wobble board and you've got numbers and you have to like tilt towards the different numbers and if you tilt too far you fall off the board um, but the idea is to kind of keep that balance and just tilt towards each one. And I often think of life as that. So rather than balance, you're actually, yeah, tilting to wherever needs your energy and time at that moment, but always coming back to yourself and kind of keeping grounded. 
Yeah, and uh, it's funny you say it because as sort of age group athletes as we are, and as the sort of balance that we have to do as as such as age group athletes as we work and we enjoy training to the extent that we do, I think it's absolutely right that we're trying to tilt around and navigate our way through that little that pathway that we call our our sporting careers. Um, but I guess have you got any initial tips? And I'm sure that we're going to delve into more detail. But how do you think that we can go about maybe getting that balance and addressing it? Yeah. So I think a big one is to remember that you're not on your own. So thinking about kind of those that are around you, that you know wider support network, and drawing upon those, and kind of. I guess like just giving yourself space to get clear on actually what are your goals what do you want to focus on and then yeah making the most of the support that you can around you that's kind of one of the tips um, is yeah making the most of that support network to get you to where you want to be without burning out you know that's that's the thing is to not not get overwhelmed not burn out yeah and, um, and I think support net support networks are a huge part of everything that we do um and I think most people, I guess, don't really realize the extent of the support network that they have around them. And um, and going a bit maybe off, off topic, but it's one of those nice things that I think if we reflect on, we can always come up with some positives. So like as athletes, we maybe don't think about the, the club that we go to as our support network, but it's got everything from coaches to friends to, to possible family members to training partners and all these different links that again all form our support network and um and you're absolutely right that i guess informing that along with everything else so if you see a physio then you've got a professional contact who's at your beck and call and it may not be that we're professional athletes but when you start to bring in those you've got coaches at call you've got physios at call and i think that that does make a pretty pretty incredible support network that we have um yeah and I think it's kind of people understanding you and where you're coming from so you know I often talk to so John my husband as you know is a triathlete and he's looking to kind of transition into more like ultra running ultra cycling and for years as a spouse I didn't quite understand it and you know he'd do like long training and and until it wasn't until I kind of came into this space with him and I really understand now his motivation his driver you know I'm much more passionate about this so I'm kind of in this field with him now um it wasn't until I understood it that I could kind of fully support him I guess so I guess it's thinking of that support network as yes it's completely the people that are in that field with you you know other people in your tri club but it's also your your spouse your family but making sure that they actually understand you know this is my driver this is why I want to do what I do this is what motivates me um and I think it kind of think about the tri club in particular it's um I don't know where this came about but someone mentioned about we have our third place so you have like your place of work you have your home and you have your third place so for me that's going to band for John I'm pretty sure that's kind of going out getting exercise and cycling or being part of the tri club or you know for other people it might be going to like a crossfit gym um, or a, a pub it's that kind of third place where you go where people understand you where you're kind of you're part of that community and I think I've probably gone off off tangent but a tri club is you know a big part of that that's your third place and it's people that get where you're coming from and also support your mental health I think it's a big part they support your mental health as well as your your performance and your fitness exactly and on that extent it's subliminal beyond what we know and um and it's really interesting what you say about understanding. And I guess that still being 
uh, I guess relatively young in my career, it's it's one of those things that I was always trying to communicate to my parents and family and friends, as you say, and that getting them to understand where we're coming from and why would it be normal or, or what we want to do to go and do a massive training day and come back and still complain that we're tired, but do it all again the next day. And um, and I guess, how did you, from that other end, if, if, if we're talking about John and training and all those sorts of things, what made that link for you in understanding yeah so the link for me was really so I kept asking John questions and questions about you know I often talk through on my own work about how you want to feel because I think before you even start making these goals is actually to get clear on how you want to feel in the first place and you feel that way every step of the journey rather than thinking well when I do this event then I'm going to feel courageous or confident or whatever it is so I think I kind of I kept probing this with John is kind of, well, how you know, aside from the event itself, how do you want to feel? And these words came out like adventurous. And it's like, oh, OK, I like I'm starting to understand that for him, feeling adventurous is, yeah, getting out on his bike um, being out in nature. You know, that's great for mental health, for well-being. And so I think once I started to flip the script in terms of as a spouse, understanding that it's not just him going out for long rides at the weekend and I'm here with the kids and I'm really resenting <laughs> that he's gone out. I'm actually realizing, okay, no, this, this ticks a really big box for him in terms of feeling adventurous. And um, that's kind of one of the words that he's chosen. Um, but for me, I then, I, yeah, I soon turned kind of my understanding of it um, and understanding why he's doing it and what his driver is. Yeah, and I, and I love that because we've we've established in some of our values here that adventure is absolutely one of them and um i think it's something that again resonates with all as athletes because we don't just go out for that cycle we pick a route we 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 tend to see a new place we love maybe going on zwift and even exploring a new route on zwift which is sounds so ridiculous because we're still sat in the same room but when in your mind it's, it's again lovely to go and tick off a new hill even if it's online but um but i guess with with your work with with different athletes, I guess how big a part is that is that adventure? But also, how do you go about approaching different athletes and finding out what works for them and and what gets them going for their challenge? Yeah, so I love this part. I love the kind of although I do a lot of group work and you know we have our Facebook community. Um, even within that, although we're a collective group, I love the one to one, the delving into. We you know we all have different backgrounds different sort of different goals that we're working on different drivers um so it is kind of that opening up I think it's very new in this field to start talking about well how do you want to feel you know and that's often my first question rather than delving into your goals I think we often we can be so goal focused that we lose sight of it's such a simple question but actually how do you want to feel and then and then we kind of delve more into that. But it, it takes a little while to kind of get into that because it's like, well, why are you asking this? Or I just want to feel happy. And it's like, no, no, there's something more than that. Or, you know, when you you want to do this event or you want to beat your personal best, there's something underlying underneath that. It's not just that in its in its own right isn't the thing. Um, but I think it can take us a little while to get our head around that. Um, but once we focus on that, you know, you can feel the way you want to feel in work, in when you're training, when you're out. Um, if you have those yeah those kind of things that drive you um, and for me I love kind of delving into that and finding out ah like this is so obviously I'm coaching Andy Stone and um, 
the last couple of weeks after months of me saying well how, how do you want to feel the last couple of weeks he's come up with like six words and we're really delving into those and being like right like hold on to those whether you're doing your massive event itself or your training or you're resting you can feel yeah feel the way you want to feel so that but it's, it takes quite a bit of delving and kind of conversations which I love you know that connection and, and it, I'm getting excited here, just sort of thinking about about what it means. Because again, like you say, I can't put a finger on what's different about it. But even trying to touch under the surface of that, it's coming out very different and, and not what I expected. And and when I try and think about it, it's something that I'm not even able to put a finger on at the moment, which is which yeah. is different. But um, I think we're just not used to having these conversations. And you know, and for you Jake like it'll be amazing to know like what how you want to feel what your core feelings are because as you know like when you're um injured you know that if you put everything onto the the goal or training then you know that that could make sort of when you're injured that much harder whereas if you're focused on I mean you're such a positive person anyway (laughs) but but when you're focused on well actually to say if adventure is one of the ways that you want to feel even when you're injured, even when you're recovering, when you're in rehab, you can you can still feel adventure. You'll find different things that you can do to feel that way, rather than it being like a setback. If I that makes exactly sense. That. Yeah, I think it's exactly that. I I, uh, I I had maybe an identity crisis in the last injury, and, and we spoke about it before. But it was a um, it was a time where I just didn't know what to do. My goals were completely shot, as you say. And now, for example, today I went for a walk along the coast um with a with a dead arm and completely in in sort of incapacitated to do anything else but that was my adventure and doing that held to my values and so again that fulfillment and that joy that feeling I think as you say there it comes out exactly and it's um and it's it's absolutely amazing I think it's something that we all need to as athletes touch upon a bit more um but going back to um some some frameworks and models um I guess have you have you come across many ways that we can approach these sorts of situations of of getting that tilt or getting that tilt getting that balance again? Yeah, and, um, yeah. So so I um I like there's something that Paula Radcliffe mentioned about juggling different balls and think and kind of thinking of that like work sports life. I'm going to use the word balance, but you know what? It's that kind of tilting. Um, and thinking about it as kind of juggling different balls, but knowing that there are some that you could just keep going without even thinking you're just an autopilot, but there are others that you really need to keep your eye on, so eye on the ball, like literally just keeping your eye on it. So I often like to think of it as that way. And for me, self-care is one of those balls that you never take your eyes off, you know, and I often it's very difficult for us to prioritize self-care. And, um, you know, we, we're constantly giving to other people, always kind of striving and striving and striving and working, um, but actually taking kind of a moment to actually just check in with yourself, making sure that you're, yeah, you are focusing on your, your own mental health, your well-being, as, as well as your physical health. Um, and checking in with that self-care so for me I mean it's not like a a theoretical model um, but it's just yeah kind of something that I came across I thought actually I can I can really resonate with that and I think a lot of athletes would as well yeah exactly that and um and you mentioned Andy earlier um so for those who don't know Andy is our is our world record attempt at the moment so he's uh going for 70 70 70 70 half Ironman 70 days uh and and it's it's a it's a ginormous challenge but he took a day off yesterday for for exactly that reason and and it's through working with Rosie that I think he's attuned himself to that sort of that sort of methodology and that um 
sort of be okay that that being okay with taking a day off and uh and not maybe not maybe beating myself up over it which is which is may be seen as a bit of a down but in re- in reality it's a huge plus because he's looking after himself and making sure that that we're on that right track um but in, both in Andy's case and in uh Paula Radcliffe's case they're um they're both pretty incredible individuals and they're, they're dedicating a lot of time to to balancing those plates but do you think it's really possible for us to um to apply it to ourselves yeah definitely and I think it's even more important that we do so you know a lot of people probably everyone in your membership you know we're amateur athletes um, but triathletes from a kind of outside perspective I'm amazed at the amount you know everyone works full-time most people have families other responsibilities and you're training in three different sports Um, you know it that alone is incredible. And the amount of, if you carry on with the juggling, the amount of balls that you're having to keep up in the air is insane. So I think it's even more imperative <laughs> that you, yeah, make sure that there's time for self-care. And also any training plan has wiggle room. Um, my own mindset coach talks about making sure that your um, your routines are baggy enough to fit your life into. <laughs> and I think it's exactly the same with a training plan. You know, have your training plan. Like you need you need that and you need that kind of driver and something to strive for. But making sure that there's enough room in there that you can wiggle things around, that they're baggy enough to fit whatever life work throws at you, because we don't have the time to just dedicate full time to training it's as much as I'm sure lots of people would want to um but you yeah we've got a lot a lot of things to juggle so you need that wiggle room yeah and I and again coming coming back to your own work but I see and I see in the aligned athlete and I see see a lot on on social media and you're you're pushing for your goals and um and it's about that consistency as you say having that wiggle room and um I think getting that balance and being at our optimum every day is is difficult and I guess how do you go about doing it? Because you're posting it all the time, you're creating this community, but how do you go about making sure there's that baggage, baggage room, baggage, baggage yeah. room, and, uh, <laughs> and getting that balance? Yeah, so you mentioned the word consistent, and obviously we've spoken about this, that consistency is key. So for me, it's about having daily non-negotiables. Now, mine will sound really bizarre, Um, And again, every person's daily non-negotiables will be different. But for me, it's about drinking three litres of water a day because I realised once I started increasing the amount of water I drank, I was less grouchy, I was less tired. Um, That just alone has made a huge difference. Getting out for a walk in nature. So John and I, we've got dogs and we'll often go for a lunchtime walk. It's kind of that getting out in in all weathers. Although I know John's watching and he'll say, yeah, but she's more of a fair weather (laughs) walker. (laughs) If the weather's rubbish, she's not going to go out. But I do try. I try to get out in nature every day. And the other one is hula hooping. (laughs) So I try and do 10 minutes of hula hooping a day. (laughs) And that's just because that it really lifts my spirits. I mean, it's a great like core exercise. Um, but just makes me feel good. I put some music on. So I have like three daily non-negotiables that kind of help with that consistency um, and having like a good morning routine, you know, nothing extravagant, whatever it is, is that kind of doing something every single day, no matter where you are, keeping it simple. Cause actually if, if we make it too crazy, you're not li- likely to stick to it every day. And um, so kind of, yeah, consistent, 
Um, and then just, yeah, making sure that you stick to that. And then anything else it's making sure that, yeah, you have got that kind of extra bit of time or scheduling in some time during the day. I can see you smiling, Jake. Are you thinking about the hula hoop thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly that. I was, I was going to say, I challenge anybody to be able to do 10 minutes of hula hooping. Um, it's great. It's, John's got into hula hooping. He can hula hoop both ways now. <laughs> I like, again, it's one of those things, but are you, again you you put content out on it and it um and it seemed ridiculous at first but it's one of those silly little things that it a brings a smile and it's it's just quite funny to to sort of understand but also to see that making it a non-negotiable is again something positive to the day and it's and it's again a really nice energy giver and so yeah just finding whatever it is for you it's kind of tapping into that yeah playful childlike stuff that yeah it's just, and it's great in the morning as well if you do that as part of your morning routine something whether it's I don't know dancing or hula hooping or jumping about or whatever it is just something that is going to make you feel a bit free and crazy and then get you into the day in a good mind <laughs> yeah and I want to take it back as well I think you raised a really nice point with um with, with drinking so much more water and it's something that I always talk to athletes about and and again a bit of a one that I always or crosses my mind a lot is next time you're tired and next time you're absolutely down to, to the listeners here is to go and when you next go to the toilet after that moment and do the P test. So is, is your urine yellow or is it not that pale color that we would, that it would be if we were really hydrated. And, and for me, nine times out of 10, that tells me that I'm dehydrated and, and mentally we're not there. And, again little things like that and making sure that it's a non-negotiable to keep yourself in a good well well hydrated state is great for both mental and physical and I think that that's a that's a really key takeaway for get the little things right and the big things follow yeah Um, exactly and in terms of consistency you know in water it's just making sure that when you're out and about that's then when I find it harder when I'm at home you know at the moment I'm sat with a big pint of water um, but it's often when you're out and about and you get distracted and other stuff happens. So it's it's making it that habit. I think habits are the, the kind of the key is to things being consistent. Turn it into a habit, something you do every day without thinking, you know, like Paula Radcliffe, kind of the balls that you're not thinking about. That's just one that you do every single day. You're an autopilot. <laughs> exactly. And and let's let's move on slightly and try to give uh, our listeners maybe something to think about now. So let's let's. Go on the idea that creating this balance involves making maybe more time in the day or allocating resources, as you say, with the plates. Um, now, how do you think sort of is a good way for us to go about creating that structure or creating that time? Yeah, so I think it definitely is about making more time in the day and it is possible. So something that John and I have found is incredibly anal, but it works for us and it kind of fits in with, you know, that mindset of having the training plan, batching, you know, we're all used to that kind of time slotting stuff in. So we have a weekly rhythm and I like the word rhythm because it kind of gives you that sense of nothing's fixed. You know, rhythms can change. They can are kind of fluid, can move about. And basically we sit down normally on a Sunday night and we'll plan out the next two weeks. So we'll look at kind of highlighting anything key, like anything with work. If one of us is away, if we need um, childcare or whatever, we'll highlight for the next two weeks. And then the next week we'll then look at our training. So John has his training plan. 
I've got my strength and cardio. And then we'll just go through and say, right, John's going to do this on a Monday. I'm going to do training on a Tuesday night. And we'll, we'll go through. It probably takes us about 30, 35 minutes. Um, and we'll pop it in our diary. But what it means is that we then know. So for me, I just I quite like that routine. I think we both kind of crave structure, routine. And then we know that things are in our diary. Obviously, the things can move around and there is always rigorum. Um, but we know that that's that's in the diary. We've scheduled it in and it's kind of it's taken care of rather than I think before we started doing this, it was always a bit chaotic. And then it would be, you know, we'd wake up one morning and John would be like, oh, can I go and go and do this thing now? And I'd be like, oh, well, I wanted to do this. And and then oh, and by the way, I'm staying late for work tonight. And it just was kind of constantly chaotic. So then once we actually started to plan it and put it into this weekly rhythm, we're now we're now in quite a good pattern actually and because we're at home quite a lot it's generally our training is the same kind of every week um and it just it works for us and you know it might not work for everybody but it's having that kind of like yeah scheduled time one of my core feelings is wild and free and it will sound bonkers that having these organized slots they make me feel wild and free because actually I know that I'm making my own time in a way you know we all still have the same amount of hours in a day but when we're planning it, I actually feel like I've got, I'm on, yeah, I'm in control of my time a lot more. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think, again, that's such a valuable way of looking at it and, and way of doing it. And um, it's one of those things that I've, I've started to make a habit and it's been a habit for quite a while now. And you realize that that is just the way to go and create more time in the day, like you say. And um, I do, I do a pretty similar thing where I segment the week and I put in those, as you said it, uh, that those sort of what you've got coming up and all those different bits to look at. But then, for example, I've got up here like a, a whiteboard where I write down key things I want to achieve in the week um, and then break those down, for example. So for me, I'd look at a, a topic of medicine, uh, a topic of training, a topic of, of the JK journey, of a, adventure is one of them, is, is one of my values and those sorts of things. And, um, and planning out where I want those to fit and then making time for them and and that is it's almost life-changing and that you can have a goal and you can see it in the future but you don't make that time for it and it never gets any closer whereas yeah. if you've got that I want to do this and I want to achieve this well if for example here one of those is breaking down and making a podcast well if I allocate two hours on a Friday then I have to hit those two hours and that is a, an immediate go-getter to be doing that thing and, and making progress and I think that being able to segment it like you say and, and allocate time in advance which is difficult to do and and can always come out of play kilter come out of play if we don't make it but I think it's a really great way of looking at it um yeah and kind of just realizing that you know it's kind of like the whole thing about you know rest and recovery you need to rest to perform your best you need to give time to planning <laughs> in order to be on top of your time I think often it's quite easy for us to say oh, I, I don't even have time to plan you know I don't even have time to sit down and plan well then you definitely need to plan <laughs> like if you're really kind of running ragged and you don't have time to even sit down to plan out the next two weeks then you, you definitely need need to make that time and we do have it it's just yeah it's just prioritizing it <laughs> yeah and that and that's it it makes a backlog if you don't and um and it, it's a small change allocating 10 minutes to plan um and you, 
to be honest, when you when I started doing it, I remember thinking back to a, a blank mind in that time and not knowing what to do. But um, but as you say, I think it's again a really great tool to to help us create that time as athletes and getting that balance. Yeah. Um, so before we go into a bit of a Q and A for uh, anyone who's putting any questions in or questions in the chat and things, um, I wanted to point out as well though that Rosie has kept her aligned athlete quite quiet um, over the call, but I think it's important that we all understand that Rosie is running the, the aligned athlete, which at the moment has a has a very busy, bustling Facebook group, um, and she's also launched a uh, a challenge, uh, a, a chaos to clarity challenge, which is looking at how we as athletes can address this balance and bring a bit more focus to what we're doing, um, which is currently completely free to join, uh, and it will stay that way for the duration of the challenge. Um, it starts on the 25th of January, so it should be a few days before between this going out and you guys being able to sign up again for that that um, that challenge. Um, and again, it's it's for those busy athletes looking to release stress um, and find find that clarity in in 2022. So we'll um, post the link out to that with you guys. Um, and for those who are looking after it, Rosie, do you know roughly the link? uh so you can go to rosymead.com forward slash challenge and that link should work we had some tech issues but um yeah that that should work otherwise rosymead.com you'll see the the challenge link on there excellent and um and have you any other sort of ideas any anything that you'd like to say for the aligned athlete no i think it is just that about yeah getting clear on how you want to feel which if you come and join the challenge like that is the first day before we start anything else it's kind of getting clear on that it's then yeah bringing your support network in making sure that they understand your driver and vice versa you know and by support network I don't just mean spouse it's family friends you know work colleagues or whoever is kind of impacted by any training you're doing but bringing them into that space and also vice versa making sure that you understand kind of where they are especially with a spouse um, is understanding you know their drivers and what they want to do and making sure that we often say at home about having our cake and eating it you know making sure that you you both have time for the things that, that you want to do um, and yeah. then yeah prioritizing time to actually go and go and schedule like put your training plan in like we said about kind of keeping it baggy um, but do have that plan because yeah without a plan nothing will get done and keeping is such a cliche but keeping the main thing the main thing <laughs> so I'm often telling myself that you know in my head there are lots of different things that I could be doing and those shiny moments and I'm sure we get that with events as well you know there are loads of events that you could you could enter but actually what are your key ones for this year and keeping those the main thing and what do you need to do to achieve whatever goal you've you've decided on for this year and then scheduling time that's realistic and achievable and um, and I think that that's exactly what what the aligned athlete is is perfect for and, and for addressing and giving people a chance to do that. And so again, it's the reason why we love having you here and and, and on the team is is that, that again that added value that that that's being offered. Um, and I, and I wanted to go into a more quick fire Q and A now. Um, if anyone wants to put any questions in the chat, then we can get to them sooner. Um, but I I wanted to start with. Um, Again, quite off the cuff, quite right and ready. But um, in addressing the balance, and we've talked about planning, and we've talked about um, uh, talked about making time and, and understanding. But how do you uh, balance it? How do you really find the time for yourself in that? 
Yeah, so I so it is that kind of making that habit. You know, I, I like to have a morning routine. If I can get up at five, I will. Sometimes my daughter wakes up before then, but I like having that kind of that space in the particularly in the morning. Um, and I feel like I'm giving myself that time. It's like I've gifted myself an extra hour of a day if I can't get up at five. Um, and kind of having yeah the routine with John, that kind of making that time. But I also use a lot of tools. So I love Trello. I love to plan out, I plan out 90 days at a time. And again, as I'm saying this, I'm like, oh, this is really, this sounds really anal, but I'll plan out the next 12 weeks for business life. I have like three different Trello boards um, to actually kind of plan out what are my main goals for the next 90 days. And that's what I'm going to focus on. And I'll plan out each week. These are the tasks I need to do. And although it, it takes a while to just get that up and running for the next 12 weeks, it's done. And I know exactly what I'm focusing on. So Trello is great. Asana is a great tool as well. So it's like an online to-do list. Um, and it just all kind of, it's all linked up. So I know exactly what I'm doing every single day. <laughs> and I think that is some, a really good way of, of doing it and looking at it. Um, now, James has, messaged, James has got a question. Um, James, over to you. Uh, hi, Rosie. Hi, uh, thanks for this. Uh, as part, one of your things that you're talking about in your um, chaos to clarity was getting a support network of friends and family and telling them telling them what your goals are um but I'm I mean I'm quite new into the space of athletics and setting setting myself goals and things um and I've seen two really contrasting ideas of the first one being you should promote and broadcast your goals to everyone which gives you some level of accountability um and then the and then an opposite side of the argument saying you should keep them secret keep them to yourself and um and that will stop people from like building you down and making you feel bad about yourself and that's the best way to do it so I was wondering which you thought how you thought to do it yeah so I mean of course it's going to be up to everyone but my own personal thing is you know like when you're a kid and you blow out the birthday candles and people say don't don't tell us your wish or it won't come true <laughs> it's like no I want to bring up my daughters to tell me their wishes because my own personal yeah, okay. opinion is that unless yeah. you say it out loud you know you, you can still get there on your own but I think if you say it to other people and you have that accountability you're much more likely to get there and people are going to support you along the way um but yeah I can see the other side of the argument but just my own personal thing is yeah shout about it tell people you know like with um chaos to clarity it was pretty much an idea and it I've had to force myself to actually, nope, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to tell people it's starting on this date because once I did that and people are signing up, I then I have to do something with it. I have to, whereas if I'd kind of kept it to myself, you know, it would have just trickled along. And at some point I'd have launched it and when it was a perfect time, but there's never a perfect time. So I had to kind okay. of yeah, tell yeah, yeah. people. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, thanks, James. That's lovely. And um, we've, we've, got an, another another maybe more specific one in the chat of um so what what should i do if i miss a day of training do i cram it in and do a double day or should i miss it and move on how does that fit into the balance so i'd say miss it and move on i don't know what your thoughts are jake as a coach but that kind of yeah whatever's cropped up that means that you're not able to do that session especially from a, like a recovery you know you're not going to want to overtrain um, just yeah miss it move on life life happens and I think that's a big part of the aligned athlete is is that life lifestyle it's lifestyle sports you know you're not 
we're not professional athletes we do have loads of other things going on we're not able to dedicate 100% of our time to this so actually just yeah accept what life throws at us sometimes and yeah drop that one and move on yeah and and we touched on it last week with Mike as well it's um it's it's a case of when we try and pick up extra sessions it's such an individual basis and um and what's right for one individual isn't right for another and um and thinking about it in terms of what the session is so like it would be silly to maybe double up and and do two hard hard sessions back to back but maybe you extend one slightly so that you've got the fatigue uh, or the training stress that training load coming in that would equate to near the, the two together but adapted so that it's right for what you're training for and again there's so many little intricacies and you're exactly right with with in most cases especially as we are it's better to just accept it move on and adapt slightly um but yeah it's a nice one um another question come in has got um so we so we we touched on your music sociology um and and the question is how how do you go about making a playlist and do you use music to help you at all in that in that balance <laughs> yeah yeah so music i mean it's a huge part of my life um, and weirdly, this is how I came into the space was I started looking at music to support sports performance. Um, so, yeah, for me, you know, starting the day off by listening to I've got my morning music playlist, um, starting the day off with that music that I know is going to help me feel the way that I want to feel. Again, it, it keeps coming back to those feelings because then choosing the music that is going to make you feel that way, starting the day off in the best possible way, using it, you know, to, to help you to kind of chill in the evening um and definitely yeah supporting I mean performance that's like a, a whole other talk is about yeah using music in that way but for me it's a yeah a big part of of kind of and you can help it you know you can help throughout the day as well with the different kinds of music that you listen to but it's being strategic you know I don't like to be prescriptive with it because musical tastes and what we've kind of yeah what our preferences are um but I love curating playlists and and again it's about that really getting to know the individual like I've made playlists for Andy and it's kind of based on yeah certain so certain goals that he had or certain ways that he wanted to feel and the, the music that he likes to listen to it's great I love delving into that side making playlists for myself and others as well <laughs> yeah and and it's an exciting area as well because we we see in a lot of literature that music does have such an impact on arousal and and how we go about performing and it and it's those marginal gains and that but in a lot of athletes, it's it's crucial. But then for something like a 70, 70.3, that can be the difference between getting through a hard day and sitting on the roadside for an hour. And, and that's where I guess that comes in interesting. And it's definitely something that we should we can and should talk about. Uh, yeah, and definitely talk about like, you know, RPE. There's loads around how music can, yeah, reduce kind of perceived fatigue um, and kind of, yeah, feelings of tiredness. And it, it's really fascinating. Yeah, and um, and our last question again was just, uh, it, can we have a reminder of when the challenge starts? Well, Rosie's Chaos to Clarity Challenge starts on the on the twenty fifth of January, so a few days after this podcast will be released for those listening at home. Um, but other than that, Rosie, I think that's about what we've got time for this evening. And um, I want to do just thank you again. Uh, thank you for helping us and coming on to JK Journey. Um, and yeah, for all those listening, uh, thanks again for tuning in. And remember to like, share, 
uh, help us out. We're still obviously very young in our journey. Um, and hopefully this has been the value and the opportunity to engage that you guys deserve. Remember to go check out Rosie and we'll catch you next time on the JK Journey podcast. Fab. Thanks, Jake. <laughs>